Out Performance Shop is a proud supporter of Solid Rock Radio. They specialize in retail and wholesale of automotive, high-performance, racing, and off-road products. They also carry a variety of accessories from remote control cars to rock and roller multi-carts. On the web at outperformance.com. Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Hey, everybody. Joran Messer is the frontman and the musician for the up-and-coming metal band called Dire. He just released Dire Volume 2, and you need to know about it. So, let's listen. Joran Messer of Dire. What is a person of color in extreme South Georgia basically in the middle of nowhere, doing making faith-based metal music. Are you crazy? (laughs) I feel like it sometimes. I just love metal, just love metal and love making music. And um, I don't know, just hope to possibly impact people the way that some of my favorite bands have impacted me. So you're in a little town called Quitman. I don't know if I told you this yet, but we lived in Lakeland, Georgia, you know, which is just north of Valdosta. We served at a church down there, which I actually bought a van in Quitman once. I'm trying to sell a van right now, so. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, too late. I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell everybody who Joran Messer is. I don't know. I think a lot of times I think of myself in the context of, like, music and stuff. Just a dude. My regular job, because I don't make tons of money with Dyer, is um, I cut meat. I've done that for, like, 13 years now. When I was 18 years old, I started working in a grocery store here in town, and I've done that for a handful of places over the years, you know, until we hit it big. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Having a husband that was in the grocery business for a while, I know that if you had a good meat cutter, you kept him. And yep, it's still like that. It's it's hard to find people that are able to do it well. And I enjoy it. I feel like I could enjoy almost any job. Um, but it sounds dumb, but there's like an art to it. I enjoy creating things or cutting stuff and trying to make it look, you know what I mean, nice and mm-hmm. totally different than music, obviously. But it's an art. Yeah. I so you were born in Quitman? I think I was born in Valdosta, which is right next to Quitman. I've lived here all my life. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, which is probably most of you, Quitman in Georgia is about 20 minutes west of Valdosta and about 30 minutes north of the Florida line. Yeah. So where did this desire to do metal come from? How did you get involved in that kind of music? I wasn't necessarily I wasn't I wouldn't say like a sheltered kid, but I listened to really of my own choice. I just listened to a lot of Christian stuff when I was younger. Um, I didn't even know what metal was until, I don't know, like I was an older teenager. Weirdly, the band, we did a cover of one of their songs on the last EP, Depth, um, Wilderness by the OC Supertones, which I don't know if you're familiar with them. They mm-hmm. are a ska that. band. Not really, not really metal at all, um, but... That was the band that really got me into music because some of their lyrics are just so I think I got the loud and clear record. Um, I think that was the first record that I actually owned of my own. And I loved it. I didn't realize people wrote stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a lot of the things that I had been thinking, you know, it's here nor there. But a lot of music isn't as deep or doesn't really provoke as much thought as some of their stuff did. And I was like, whoa, you can do this. They're still my favorite band, honestly. I know they're not my, um, and they've really impacted my thinking, I would say, with their lyrics and stuff, and also just my desire to do music, you know, just to create music. And and from there, you know, they had little bits of stuff here and there that had uh, rock and metal influences. Um, and I think from there, I just started listening to heavier bands. Demon Hunter is probably the first metal band that I actually listened to that's actually metal. And... Very similar to Supertones. I loved a lot of their lyrics, and I love the way that they sounded. From there, I just started listening to the Living Sacrifice, the Showdown, all the you know, all the Christian metal bands <laughs> at that time. Uh, 
I agree. I love bands like Demon Hunter. They have thought-provoking, deep, poetic lyrics. Yes. When did you pick up your first guitar? I think I was 16. I want to say I was 15 or 16 years old. And my stepdad actually had an acoustic guitar. And I really wanted to play guitar because I was starting to get into music and, and writing songs and stuff. I'd already written some songs, but, you know, I didn't know anything about playing music. And um, I think I asked my family or my grandparents or something for a guitar for Christmas. And they're like, well, if you learn, you know, if you learn the acoustic guitar, uh, we'll get you a guitar. Which at the time, you know what I mean? I didn't realize there was there, it, there's not necessarily a huge difference, but there there is a difference in what you would play, what sounds really good. So I learned all the, you know, just traditional basic chords and stuff. And then when I got an electric guitar, I tried playing like sweet riffs with that sort of stuff and figure out songs for bands that I like, you know, where it was these chords, but they were not just like open, you know, the full chords. I didn't know that. And I was like, why does this sound so lame? <laughs> like, why can I not do it? So anyway, figured out power chords and that sort of stuff and just grew from there. Did now, you play um, for your church? I I never played like in like the worship team. I played at church a few times um, just here and there. Like our band, like when we first started, the first it wasn't really a show per se, but the first show esque thing that we did was at the church that we were at at the time. It was like a youth lock in or something like that mm-hmm. um, as a. I want to say the first show that we played under the name Dyer. And we, we played at churches a couple times since then. But yeah, I've never played in church like as a you know worship musician or anything. More than one band made it big after playing at Lock-In. When we were in youth ministry years ago, we had a band that came for one, and they eventually became Casting Crowns. <laughs> oh, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you create? Do you hear a song in your head, riffs in your head? lyrics how does that work with you did you start covering music and then start writing music actually i never really did a lot of covering of of stuff like when i was learning guitar i'd have all my other friends that could play guitar were also learning to be like hey can you play this song by this band and i I was always like oh no i can't like i know it but i don't know how to play it at all but i never really spent a lot of time learning that which probably has been to my detriment honestly because i feel like i would have learned a lot of techniques sooner or at all if i had done that but I never really I never really played a lot of other band stuff when I was learning and stuff. But um, writing wise, yeah, I would say both. Like you said, it's kind of always thinking in terms of music. Like at work, I'm just singing random mm-hmm. stuff. I'll sing, you know, stuff about chickens or stuff about whatever I'm cutting, <laughs> you know, to myself. But um, just come up with melodies that way sometimes for like vocal things. And I I love when I can sit down for like a long chunk of time and just sit and play guitar and just play riffs and do that. But I really don't have a lot of time to do that anymore like i have to do it when i have you know open windows of time to do that and it's just more and more rare as i get older and have to do all kinds of adult stuff i know adulting's horrible (laughs) and we've talked about musical influences what about the spiritual influences in your life what's your story um i never really knew my dad but my mom was there and my grandparents kind of helped raise me and stuff i think my granddad was a father figure to me and influenced a lot of my understanding of you know, just the gospel and stuff like that. Um, I honestly, I can't say who was, it was somewhere in Valdosta the first time that I actually like consciously prayed to be saved and believed in the gospel in that sense and in a deliberate way. You know, I'd been brought up in the church and it was just kind of a matter of fact thing, but there was a time when I was, I don't know, maybe 12 or something like that when it clicked in my brain. I'm like, this is real. This is important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I would say influences. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, if you're familiar with him, he mm-hmm. passed away, I believe, last year. But he was he was always a really engaging speaker to me, really thought provoking and, and mm-hmm. deep. And actually, I mean, the Supertone, seriously, <laughs> like a lot of their lyrics are they, they had a huge impact on me and just like my um, I don't know, just the way that I think about 
my beliefs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there something people would be surprised to learn about you? Hmm. Besides the fact that you're a butcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this context, this wouldn't be the case. Everyone, evidently, everyone that I work with is always really surprised that I sing in a metal band, um, which, you know, in this context, obviously, that's the thing that we've led with. But uh, I don't really know beyond that. I'm pretty, pretty straightforward person. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything about me that's very surprising or abnormal beyond that, like you said. Yeah. Well, we met for the first time at Furnace 41 down in Jonesboro. I went down to see the girls from GFM who are friends of mine and you opened for them and it was awesome because we'd known each other for I don't know how many years on Facebook. Yeah, a while, yeah. We've been friends on Facebook. Yeah, at least five years. Somewhere around there, I would say. Yeah, so it was great to get to see you and get to hear you play. I was definitely impressed with your guitar skills. Thank you. I don't know if you just saw me staring at you playing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about playing an instrument, but I love to watch. The same thing about drums. I love to sit there and just watch a drummer. You know, that's one of my favorite things to do. It's just fascinating to me. But you really are skilled. Thank you. You're listening to Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio. Tell us more about your band, Dire. I want to know how you got started and who's in the band. Well, that show that we played, we're playing shows with um, me, Nick McLendon on drums, and Caleb Barnes has been, he's been playing uh, bass and guitar, kind of alternating between those for us. But Caleb's not really in the band, per se. He's just a really good friend of mine. We kind of like, I think a month before that, I'd played bass at some show that he played. Again, because we live in the South and it's just really hard to find people that of, of a certain skill level that are also at all interested in playing heavy metal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we started weirdly, like my best friend at the time and my wife and a guy that worked with my uncle, there was a talent show in Valdosta and in 2010 and I wanted to enter it. So I, I literally wrote a song specifically for that, that Dyer didn't exist. And none of the songs that we you know have now or would have then existed, but uh, not my home is the, first song that i wrote for for this band and it's on volume one mm-hmm. and we went and played that it was terrible we did really bad <laughs> well <laughs> i did really bad i don't i won't say they did really bad but like i was really excited and i totally butchered the guitar solo and i was my stage presence was really terrible and it was you know a learning experience um mm-hmm. but that's how it started and i was like this is cool you know, even though it was bad i was like i enjoyed that and i would like to do this on a regular basis and started writing more songs if you listen to not my home it's not a very metal song at all and even the parts of it that are a little bit probably got edited after i wrote it that time it was like a little slower and a little easier and eventually because i i just like metal the song started getting heavier and heavier and so i started writing more and more stuff that kind of went in that direction which became you know the first record volume one mm-hmm now, didn't you get some help from Jeremiah Scott of Demon Hunter? Yes, we did. That was really cool. Um, we went up to Nashville for like a week, me and Brandon Wade, who was the bassist at the time. We kind of like split it between him and the guy that we've done. I think the releases before that, that we did like an EP that I don't like to talk about because it's very bad. It <laughs> <But laughs> says really quickly. <laughs> yeah, but that EP and then... Part of Volume 1 and everything we've done since Volume 1, we've done with Lee Dias here in, in Valdosta. Okay. And we kind of split that record between Jeremiah and Lee. Like, we did a lot of stuff up there, but 
I didn't really know what to expect timeline wise. And we had not at all enough time to get like the 17 songs we were trying to record. And then we were going to narrow it down to 15 or 16, which it ended up being 15. But yeah, we got there and showed him. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, you're not going to be able to get all this done like, <laughs> in this amount of time. So that is a lot of songs. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And I think there was about the same for, for volume two. And we just ended up, you know, weeding out the ones that didn't work really. But it was really cool getting to meet him. And I think we got to see like some some demon hunter video before it was released the whatever current version they had where there were like certain shots that were just missing and like this will be here in text or something but so that was really cool it was just a cool experience it was like you know we just hung out his house and i think he grilled or something for us if i remember correctly i might be making that up maybe we talked about it but (laughs) got to meet his family and stuff it was cool it was a cool experience how did you hook up with jeremiah I think I just sent an email. I don't remember how I found wow. out the email. I just was like, hey, how much you charge, you know, for doing this? We're, we're trying to do a record. And I sent him, like, I think a version of All Glory, which is the opening track. But it was like we recorded it, you know, once before we recorded it for the actual record. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, like this is the vein of stuff we're trying to do. And got back with me and kind of when he would be available and stuff like that. And we set it up. I was cool. really surprised. There have been a couple of things like that throughout this band's existence where I'm like, Oh, wow. They replied. (laughs) I didn't expect that at all, honestly. That was cool. That's right. Just load it up, shoot it off and hope that something lands, right? (laughs) Yep. Now, Lee owns Earth Sound Studio down in the Valdosta area. Yes. All right. So tell tell us what that's like working down there in his studio. Uh, It's very cool. Me and Lee, like, I think we think a lot alike and it's really easy to communicate sometimes i'll have an idea for something musically i can play music to a degree but i i I don't know a lot of the language that i need to know to communicate certain things when i'm recording i'm like i'll make it sound more like (laughs) you know what i mean things like that and and he understands all the things like 90 percent of the things when i'm trying to say something like that like this is how i want it to sound um and he's just a cool dude and it's it's very convenient like it's i'm thankful to god that we have someone that close you know what i mean like yeah like a 20 minute drive and i really like the quality of stuff that we've been able to get you know working with him so that's just been a blessing that he's available and as skilled as he is at, at what he does well i did pick up the volume one when i was at the show and i've enjoyed that it is really well done and i was listening on spotify to the new one so uh yeah 2016 Dire 1 was released, and you've just now released Dire 2. Tell us all about it. Well, it took much longer (laughs) than we expected. I had most of these songs written, or most of the way written in 2017, actually. And it's crazy looking back in like some videos that I have of of us in the studio from like two years or so ago. But, um, you know, the way I write stuff, I just try to be honest about stuff uh, for one and just think about things that I think need to be said, if that makes sense. If I see like, you know, not necessarily just like in the church, but just in society or anything, if I see kind of like a predominant mentality on a certain thing that I'm like, I think the core of that thinking is wrong. I try to, you know, there's a lot of songs on there where I feel like, I'm trying to kind of challenge the status quo or whatever in in a way that we approach a certain subject. Like not every single song is really, you know, blatantly about, you know, my faith in Christ or like a worship sort of song or whatever. Like I would say the majority of them are just because the gospel one is so amazing Two, the older I get, the more I understand there's like no aspect of my life that doesn't have something to do with God. You know what I mean? That I don't want to think of it like I, I've got to say Jesus this many times or be this have this many songs about the gospel or you know what i'm saying thinking those terms in my business sense but at the same time i do just want to make sure that i'm oriented around the thing that matters the most and transcends 
all the other things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. but even in writing songs that aren't necessarily about that specifically, that's probably bleeds into my lyrics just because it impacts so much of everything. You know what I mean? Well, it's your worldview. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like I feel like I couldn't be honest in my songs and that not just come up if that makes sense yes so whether it's positive or negative to certain people that's a very prominent aspect i feel like of at least most of our lyrics now you've got a video out for forever new i watched that tell us about that song that song i I kind of changed the lyrics at the last minute before we recorded it but i wrote the song and had the idea of the song i was kind of just going through like a kind of bad-ish place in my life where I was really like exasperated with myself and exasperated with people that I had been involved with and just felt really disappointed and let down and just like, man, am, am I just wasting my time? Am I just, you know, with, with music and just with work and stuff like that? I kind of had like a darker perspective than I usually try to have mm-hmm. <laughs> on a lot of stuff. And it's in a sort of veiled way because it's the kind of thing I wouldn't want to come out and, you know, beat people over the head with because you got to be careful i feel like with how you approach certain subjects but it's basically the opening like verse and lead up to the chorus are kind of setting the the imagery and if you've seen the video it's kind of the same kind of thing where it's just like i'm at the end of my rope i'm burnt out on life i am kind of ready to end it kind of ready to just do something you know and not be dealing with this anymore and it ties in in the video the dude's you know walking to like a river basically the lyrics are um, drawn to the water's edge unto the end to which all my life led. It's kind of a double meaning thing because in going up to there, it's just like, man, I'm just I'm sick of everything. I'm drawn to the river, to this you know body of water, to the end of myself, which is just, you know, all my, every step that I've taken has led up to this place. But the, the chorus is living water flow, which, you know, Jesus is the living water, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just about immersing myself in the reality of the gospel and the implications of the gospel and who he is and you know just like casting myself on him if that makes sense um you come to the end of yourself yeah yeah and even in the context of the chorus i think it kind of talks about that you know like um calling out for me to come drown in you where it's you know not literally kill myself but just like yeah exactly dying to myself come to the end of myself uh calling out for me to come and drown in you and rise forever new which is obviously you know that's where the name comes from that's just what it's about just jesus being the living water the restorer of my soul amen check us out on facebook at i'm with mothership what do you want people to come away with uh, after listening to this album well most important thing is just kind of what that song forever new is about is just that um you know that there's a god that jesus christ is the son of god that you know he came to earth and lived a sinless life and died and rose again and is the only way i believe that we can be forgiven and be reconciled with god and exist in the way that we were supposed to which i think is fullness of life you know communion with god in a way that we can't even fathom you know here on earth and i think that's possible only through christ and yeah, I would say first and foremost, that's what I hope people take from it, if, you know, mm-hmm. that are influenced just towards the gospel and um, come to understand or change their perspective, maybe on what it is and what it means for them or if it applies to them. You no. Know, and which it does. That's kind of the main thing. And I hope that's always the main thing with me in, in mm-hmm. the songs that I write. Tell me another song that's personal to you that you'd like to share a little about. Um, I want to say uh, me personally, I would say um, Infanova. And it's basically just about about getting older and kind of realizing things about life and yourself and other people. And, um, you know, there's a line that says, I've I've come to find this life's not what I once believed. 
in all the beauty is but shadow and reflection, um, the faintest glimpse of something more that I've yet to see. You know, the song, it, it develops to that point. It kind of opens up and it's, I think, a little unclear what it's talking about. But it's it's basically about me just getting older and not necessarily being like jaded or anything, but you just kind of lose the older you get and the more you experience, the more you learn where fulfillment isn't <laughs> to a certain degree. And the more you learn where, OK, you know what, this thing that I used to hold up here, it's not that it's not good, that there are a lot of good things in my life that I've had and, and got to enjoy, but they're not the ultimate. None of those is sufficient in and of itself, you know, and that's kind of where that line comes from. All the beauty is but shadow and reflection. And I believe all the good things that I can experience in life and observe in life reflect some aspect of God's nature or the relationship, like I said, that I feel like we're supposed to have fullness of life, you know what I mean, in communion right. with God. And that's kind of what that song's about. And observing that about life and then also looking forward to the consummation of of all things and that that fulfillment and then being with Christ, being with God, communion with with God and just existing in the way that I feel like, you know, my soul longs to exist. You know, where do you want to be spiritually in five years? Well, I mean, I, I feel like the answer is just it's just going to sound cliche or obvious. I'd Jesus. Like to be, yeah, <laughs> just closer to, you know, closer to God and, and where I'm supposed to be. Um, if that makes sense, which is yeah. uh, I could set points. I want to be here. I want to be here. This is a thing that I have to remember, and I don't do a good job of maintaining this. It's not so much that I need to have it figured out where I'm going to be as much as I need to be abiding in Christ, walking with God, and I will be where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? And and that's I, I guess I would say that now and then I want to be just abiding in Christ and operating around what I understand to be true and being faithful to the God and to the gospel. And I don't say that as if to say that I am completely or anything like that. But you know what I'm saying? I, you know, that might look totally different than what I would imagine in five years. But where do you want Dyer to be in five years? OK, yes. Dyer, I would hope, one, I intend to move out of equipment. Uh, no. Not for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be good for the band. The hotbed um, of uh, Christian metal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Too many. It's just too crowded, man. There's too many bands doing this down here. You know, I move somewhere where there's <laughs> no, but just uh, the beginning of this year, I had some job stuff kind of come up and I really wasn't sure if I was going to have a job or a, a decent paying job. And so we kind of went around and looked at a handful of other places, you know, taking into account music scene and, you know, just job opportunities and cost of living and all that stuff. So possibly, you know, Midwestish er than we are. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I just pursue playing a lot more regularly than we've been able to the past couple of years, you know, just because of lineup issues and obviously, you know, COVID and everything. When we first started, before we actually had any releases, unfortunately, to like to leave with anyone, we, we went and we played a few small tours and um, and played a handful of places that were kind of far off. And that was I, I really miss doing that. If we ever get a solid lineup of people that are able to commit to doing that, that's what I would love to do on a more regular basis and kind of, you know, maybe it would be a little risky or something, but go and give it like a 100 percent attempt as far as actually mm -hmm. playing live and, and touring and that sort of stuff. Really, we haven't been able to up until this point. It's very mostly been recording and, you know, playing yeah. shows here and there. But well, God's time and will be right. You'll know when yeah. it's right. Yeah, that's why I'm not super stressed about it. Switching gears to food questions. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I already basically almost do that right now, so it would be a very, very minimal shift from where I'm at. Okay, if it's Sunday afternoon. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't get this through. If it's Sunday afternoon and you're on the road, where are you going to stop? 
I would say Zaxby's, but lately I've really not been very stoked on Zaxby's. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Hmm. Wendy's, probably Wendy's realistically. Not even out of like, I just love Wendy's, but that's just, that is realistically where I would stop. I know. Talking about limited restaurants anyway and yeah. equipment. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and if you're in the car and you went and bought some snacks, what kind of road snacks do you like when you're traveling? This has only been recently, and this is going to sound weird because, like, a lot of people in my life have always eaten them, and I have not until maybe, like, legit a week ago. I don't know what possessed me, but I was like, you know what? I really want to try some Chex Mix. And I did, and I was like, man, these are so good. <laughs> so it would be Chex Mix. Yeah, the cheddar, the cheddar Chex Mix. I've eaten, like, so many bags of those in the past several days. Like probably a bad amount, but. <laughs> okay. Do you have any last words for the listeners before we go? Like maybe listen to the album? Go and listen to it and read the lyrics. Go listen to it. Go stream it. Go buy it. You got hard copies? Yeah, we have hard copies. And we did, I think on the website, there's you can get volumes one and two together for like a little cheaper than either one. And then like when we did pre-orders, we did like a special shirt, like uh, the art designed by Dave Quiggle. Um, cool. those are Those are done. Pre-orders only, so if yeah. you've got one, you've got a limited edition, correct? Yeah, we only ordered them for the people that ordered that yeah. pre-order. That's a smart way to do it, though, when you're starting out like that. Yeah, just, instead of ordering like a ton. Just do what you sold. And then later, you know, when you're like huge, someone will say, I have one of those shirts. Yeah, it was only for pre-order. Only 10 were printed. And they'll ever. be like, <laughs> and they're like, sell it on eBay. No way, <laughs> man. It's too valuable. <laughs> okay. one day. Yeah. We, we, we dream like that. I've seen it happen, man. Look, you know. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Casting crowns at the lock-in. Yeah, exactly. You just don't know. And that's, that's why I like to, to interview people from all different levels of the industry, because you just don't know where people are going to go, yeah. what they're going to do, and also what they can contribute to help other people who are starting out. So it's just a, yeah. this is just a great opportunity for me to get to, to showcase people that might be new or maybe Somebody that is from a band that you always hear from the lead singer, but you never hear from the guitarist or you never hear from the drummer. Yeah, sure. You know, these people have stories, too, and I love to hear them. Thank you, by the way, for doing this and having me. I feel like our biggest issue is like people. <laughs> no one knows that we exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But they're about to find out. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I sure do appreciate you taking time out and I hope to see you in concert again soon. OK, awesome. Thank you. All right. Good night. All right. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay tuned for more great music all night long. Be sure to check out my I'm With Mothership Facebook page and Solid Rock Radio's website. Follow the link under Shows to Backstage with Mothership, which will have the links to my guests' social media accounts. This show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Past interviews available on podcast.solidrockradio.org, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Pandora platforms. And remember this week, be kind to one another.